This is Ozarks at Large. Iona Gray's novel Beasts of Prey is a coming-of-age story filled with those things that coming-of-age is often fraught with, monsters. And for the protagonists in Beasts of Prey, the monsters are often literal. But there are also the figurative monsters that can torment us when we are young, the fear of failure, loneliness, and the unknown. Iona Gray, a 2015 graduate of the University of Arkansas, will discuss the novel, a New York Times bestseller, during a return trip to the U of A campus on Wednesday, October 27th at 5.30 in Gearhart Hall Auditorium. She graduated from the U of A in 2015 with degrees in African and African American Studies and Political Science. Her visit is sponsored by the University of Arkansas Honors College. We talked with her yesterday and asked her about the fantasy world she created for Beasts of Prey and asked if the maps included in the book help the author as much as they do the reader. It does, and I think it's, it's you know, par for the course with being a fantasy writer and building, quite literally building worlds out in my head. And I knew, you know, as soon as Beasts of Prey, as soon as I knew that it was going to be a book, I... I knew that I wanted to have a map, but I actually had a discussion with my editor. I said, I think we need two maps because we need a map of the continent of Ashoza where the story takes place, but we also need a map specifically of the greater jungle where the main characters, Kofi and Ekon, venture into. That's even, it's even more specific and narrowed down. And um, my editor is really supportive and, and absolutely understands um, with fantasy how important those sorts of details are. And, and she... She was right on board, so we, there are actually two maps of Beasts of Prey. For um, people who haven't yet read yes. the book, what can you what can you tell them about Ashoza? So yeah, I wanted I um, part of the inspiration for Beasts of Prey came from a trip that I took while I was in college. Um, I visited Ghana, and Ghana is a relatively small country in West Africa. It's about the size of Oregon. Um, and it's this, it's this relatively small country that is so rich in every way, politically, geographically, historically. It's a country where there are deserts, on the tip of the Sahara Desert when you go up north. But then there are also lush jungles and forests full of all the animals you would expect to see, baboons, um, elephants, you know, all of these beautiful creatures. It's also a country where there are beautiful, thriving cities really small villages, palaces, and there's just so much packed into this place. And it felt magical when I went. And as somebody who's read fantasy almost, you know, most of my life, I really wanted to um, write a write a, about a world that encompassed what I saw in Ghana. Hmm. And so Ashoza is very much like that. You know, it's a huge continent with different geographies and, and different ethnicities with people who have different religions and you know, I, I, I haven't even really. Beast of Prey takes place on the east eastern region um, of Ashoza, and so you know, this is the first in a trilogy. And my hope is that I get to expand and, and explore other parts of that continent throughout the trilogy. I, I just love this because this is the world you created, and you just said, "I hope I get to explore it." I mean, those of us who don't write would think, "Well, you control that, don't you? Whether you get to explore it or not." <laughs> Yeah, you would think so. And I say I hope because it's interesting. Like, I know that there are some writers who consider themselves architects and they make blueprints and plan everything out. And then there are some who are gardeners who plant the seeds and see what grows. Mm. Um, I am mostly architect with a small bit of gardener. So I may have a plan. And this has happened before. I may have a plan for what I want to do. And then I start writing and then come up with a totally different plan. (laughs) Um, And so even... 
in writing Beasts of Prey sequel, which technically I've already written, um, you know, I initially had plans for what I wanted to do. And then when I got into the story and really investigated the characters, um, I realized that I wanted to go in, di- in different directions that felt truer to the characters and to the story. Um, so, you know, I have not begun to write book three. I know roughly where I want the characters to go and what I want to happen, but I surprise myself. So that's what I mean when I say I hope, because I truly don't always know. I'm speaking with Anna Gray, who is the author of Beasts of Prey, ah, a wonderful novel. My favorite character is Kofi. Um, and Kofi... Uh, yeah, oh yeah. I just love Kofi. Um, Kofi gets propelled into this adventure for the most part because of an incident that happens when a routine task that she's responsible for isn't done properly. The consequences uh, are monumental. And this just seems like a nightmare we all have, that this one job that we're supposed to do, that we're reminded of, we don't. And then it, in this case, kind of literally blows up. And and that is just a, a sort of human element that's in this book, this fear of not doing the right job and the consequences it has for you and your loved ones. And sure, that was intentional. Yes. I One thing that I'm really proud of and that I love hearing when, when people read Beasts of Prey is how human and how true Kofi and Ekon feel like, how much they feel like teenagers, true teenagers. Um, I think that pressure of getting everything right is especially high when you are 16, 17. I mean, it's always high, but everything is amplified when you're a teenager. Um, and that, oh, if I mess something up, one one thing that I mess up could have this huge ripple effect and life is over as I know it. Um, the other character in the story, Ekon, also makes seemingly one small choice and it, it catapults him um, on a path that he wasn't expecting. And so um, it is deliberate and it is kind of a bit of me thinking back to how I felt at 17, obviously not in a magical world, but feeling like every little thing I did um, could be the end of the world or could change my life and was this big felt like a big deal in that moment yeah with Ekon it really made me think when when something does that he's really wanted for some time doesn't go his way it reminds me of some of the pressures mm-hmm. that young people put on themselves to get into the college they want to get into mm-hmm. I, I saw oh, parallels absolutely. there yeah. Oh, yeah. And I was going to say with Ekon, too, in his situation, he wants to be a warrior. And not only does he want to be a warrior, but he has familial pressure. His older brother is not only a warrior, but he's an excellent warrior. His dad was an esteemed warrior before he passed away. So there's so much pressure. And you think about college students, especially legacy students. Their families have a long history of going to a certain school or having a certain occupation even. And that adds pressure when you're already in a pressure cooker situation, when you have those kinds of uh, that legacy and that expectation. Um, I think that's something that a lot of people relate to. You mentioned that the uh, trip to Ghana was was part inspiration. Was there anything that happened on the University of Arkansas campus in Fayetteville that served as inspiration for Beasts of Prey? Oh, absolutely. Um, So really, it's funny. My trip to Ghana was part of one of my degrees. I have a degree in African and African-American studies. That happened in summer 2014, so my, the summer before my senior year. But a few months before that even happened, I took a course um, with one of my professors, and it was called Political Violence. And it, he teaches this course um, 
every other year because it's so taxing for him to teach this class. Um, and we met in old main tower in one of the towers. We would meet once a week, 10 of us. So it was a small, intimate class. And we were discussing political violence, terrorism. We're all political science. So this, so this makes sense. Um, but they were really heavy discussions because you walk in thinking terrorism is evil. Political violence is evil. There's no way to justify that. But my professor was very, he is very clever and he was really good about kind of turning us on our heads and making us understand that ideas of good and evil are almost never as, as simple or straightforward as we like to think. And a lot is influenced by who's telling the story. And that, that idea of moral ambiguity and moral relativism was something that had played a huge role in Beasts of Prey. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, it does so much. You're right. And I'm wondering about the conversations you had with yourself to make sure you were getting that reflected in the novel. Like, it's not the same for everyone. In fact, we see a couple of incidents or episodes from different eyes. You know, as the reader, it's slightly nonlinear. Mm -hmm. And how do you go about making sure that that sort of moral relativism that you're talking about comes across the pages. You know, I try very hard not to be too heavy handed and I guess quote preachy when I write, I write, you know, with, with goals in mind, but understanding that each reader that picks up the book is, is going to have a different relationship with the text and that's okay. That's what should happen. Um, but I think t telling, I think what you said before, telling stories, from different points of view to help you get, you know, different perspectives and angles is important because, um, and I don't want to spoil it for mm -hmm. anyone who hasn't read, but we are led to believe certain things in, in the beginning of the story based on one person's perspective. And then a new perspective is added in and we get that new perspective. And then there's a third perspective that we're kind of, I, I deliberately didn't make it obvious why we, why, why we were getting that third mystery perspective. Um, but then toward the end of the story, it all comes together. And what I hope was that you have an ah moment, like suddenly these decisions make sense. Um, and you have empathy for, for people because you see where they've come from and you understand why they've made the choices they've, they've made. So for me, it's a, a lot of work can be done when you give perspective and put yourself in someone else's shoes for a minute. Right. And, and Kofi and Ekon, uh, these two teenagers have very different backgrounds. Yes, very, very different. And that's deliberate, too. I'm speaking with Ayanna Gray about her debut novel, Beast of Prey. The first word in the book is beast, and we have beasts in this book. How fun was it to create some of these creatures that we read about? Oh, it was so much fun. I'm a lifelong um, well, animal lover, but also um, someone who just has always loved mythology. And actually as a kid, I wasn't, I was only aware of Greco Roman mythology. And so when I, when I was older and I learned that actually there are mythologies plural from all over the world, it was like, I was like a kid in a candy shop. And I learned about the mythologies across the African continent and the cool monsters and beasts and creatures, you know, fairies and trolls and ogres, they're cool but there are so many more um, different mythical creatures. And so getting to research about them and then put them into the story, um, it, it was just fun. And that's, you know, that's always the best part as a writer, getting to put the things that you think are cool into your story. I know, I mean, I have been a lifelong um, fan, reader, uh, consumer of fantasy. 
And what I think fantasy can do, and science fiction is the same, and almost any kind of fiction, is use these parameters that you create to talk about things that are completely contemporary and important. And that's certainly the case in Beasts of Prey. Oh, thank you. I'm, that's, the, you know, again, one of the goals, but you never know. Um, I think that when you have, you know, these different worlds and you, and you insert magic and let the imagination wander, it is a way to sort of convey these bigger messages about the world and, and people in it without hitting people over the head with it, you know, mm-hmm. because you're having fun on this adventure, but also learning things along the way. So I tell people, Beasts of Prey is on a, on a surface, it's the story of, um, of two kids from different walks of life who end up having to go into a magical jungle to hunt down a monster. But when you look a little bit deeper, it's just also a story of two kids who have dealt with trauma and they dealt with grief and they're figuring out where they fit in the world. And this, this adventure that they're going on is part of their growth and, and learning to be okay with themselves and also face the monsters they're dealing with internally. Yeah, I mean, it's it's monsters, literal and figurative, and that's that's what really uh, makes the book. It's been a whirlwind for you, hasn't it, since the publish, uh, since it was published? It has. I, I'm so tremendously lucky that my publisher, um, Penguin Random House, um, and specifically Penguin Young Readers, they got behind me really from the moment they acquired the book and um you know I I got to go to New York the day that the book published and um and you know visit the Good Morning America crew and that was just surreal really to to be there and to meet them um and I just got home not too long ago I'm still technically on tour (laughs) (laughs) which is also weird to say um but especially now and in in this we're still in the in the throes of a pandemic. Um, I'm really lucky and really happy that I get to share um, what was once a, a Google Doc on my computer, and it's now a fully realized book that that um, people are reading. And it that's there really is no word or words um, I can use to describe how special that feels. Finally, I bet I'm going to wager that as a seven or eight year old, you were writing. Maybe not stories that eventually became Beasts of Prey, but you were thinking about and writing what would eventually help you write this novel. Oh, absolutely. I think, you know, my first love was books. Um, And so writing and books go, of course, hand in hand. Um, And I think as a kid, I, I thought it would be a cool job, but I didn't think logistically about how to do it. And there were definitely kind of societal pressures to quote find a real job, a sustainable job. Um, Unfortunately, we don't we don't celebrate jobs in creative fields as much, and we really historically never never have. Um, so I think there were times when I thought that it would be cool to be an author and a storyteller, but I wasn't always sure that, that there was a path. Um, it took beast, it took five years to write Beasts of Prey, and I always tell people that this was not something that happened overnight. I absolutely worked another job while I was writing, so for a while I had two two jobs. Um, but yeah, to, to go back to your to your question, it, this has been something I've been doing all my life, and it's something that makes me happy. I think that's where you start, is, is doing things that you would do for free, doing things that just bring you joy, even when you're small. Maybe it's okay, or I think it is okay, to write whether you think you're ever going to be a published author or not, if it makes you happy. Absolutely. Absolutely, because I certainly didn't know that I would ever be a published author, but you know what? I would be writing anyway. 
I always will be writing um, because it's, it's a part of me. It makes me happy. It's a catharsis. It's a way for me to reflect and comment on the world I see around me. Um, and I, I absolutely, I, I'm a big, big uh, proponent of people following their dreams and, and doing things that make them happy. Ayanna Gray is the author of Beast of Prey, and she'll deliver a public talk Wednesday, October 27th at 5.30 in Gearhart Hall Auditorium on the University of Arkansas campus as a guest of the U of A's Honors College. The book is on the New York Times bestsellers list and has been optioned by Netflix. She graduated from the University of Arkansas in 2015 with degrees in African and African American Studies and Political Science. You can also attend her talk on the 27th virtually. You can see the University of Honors College website, honorscollege.uark.edu, for more information. Our conversation recorded yesterday.